total people. Okay. It's just going to be us three, though? Yeah, and speaking of that, we're live, so let's go. Good evening, Heckling Fandom. Tonight we have a doctor on call, a doctor of Dynasty football. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Tonight, we have a special guest joining us, Dynasty Football Dad, who has his own YouTube channel and runs his own YouTube channel. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We also have JJ over here. So tonight, we have a special early breakdown of the NFC North. And sitting around us is our resident Bears fan and a Vikings fan. You two ready to argue? Yep, yeah, right. match made in heaven. <laughs> All right, guys, and before we get into that, too, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, you can always join us here on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show. Make sure to always tune into Dynasty Football Dad Show, too, because he'll give you nice statistical breakdowns, clear opinions, which you probably will not get on this show. <laughs> And if you'd like to listen to us in audio formats, feel free to now join us on Pandora. You can listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Amazon, and anywhere else you get into podcasts. So before we get into this nice voicemail that we haven't had in a while and Christian left for us, Dynasty Football Dad, Mark, why don't you tell us about your podcast and why you wanted to start it? So about a, man, almost two years ago, I was looking at content on YouTube and I was doing a bunch of different uh, rookie research, and I kept finding that there was not the content that I was looking for, analytical-based research that involved some sort of uh, video-based or video component to it. And really, I was like, okay, well, if I'm that type of person that can bring the video, the, the film watching, and the analytics combined together, uh, hopefully I can help some people win championships and just improve their dynasty teams. You seem to be creating a nice little following over there. Um, I really like what I saw on your channel. And that's really why I wanted to invite you onto that podcast and get a nice collaboration with you. And it's really nice to see that your audience is nice and interactive with your show, too. So, obviously, you're giving them some good information. So, you're probably going to school us tonight if that's no, no, the case. That's, not, not at all. Not at all. So, what made you a Vikings fan over the years? Born and raised in Minnesota. Bleed purple. My family bleeds purple. Um we like heartbreak, apparently. I don't understand. Um, 1998, Randy Moss came to town and um, changed my life. And I, I actually had him on a fantasy football team, just a regular fantasy <laughs> touchdown only. And me and my dad co-owned a team, and I loved it. It brought me into fantasy football in general at that point. And I just I bleed purple ever since. And I just lots of years of disappointment. That's so funny that you talk about disappointment because actually my first memory of being a Jets fan was in 98. I attributed it to the color green. And the first game that I remember was the AFC Championship game with Vinny Testaverde. The Jets were up 10-0 at halftime. Vinny was looking great. And then I learned what it was truly like to be a Jets fan as they stopped my heart out in the second half. And Elway came back and absolutely crushed our asses. So <laughs> since then, I've learned what it's truly what it's like to be to be a Jets fan. And JJ knows what it's like to be a Bears fan as his heart was ripped out in the Super Bowl. 
in the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, I, yeah, I've witnessed a Super Bowl loss, but yeah, I'm actually supposed to be a Patriots fan. My dad was born in Boston, but he decided to be a Bears fan. So, you guys big mistake by him, but guys, yeah, yeah. Actually, we have a resident Patriots fan on the show, uh, Ryan, who's also been interacting with you in our chats too. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't know what it feels like to lose ever, and uh, I'm hoping he's going to get a little bit of that medicine in the next few years. So. <laughs> Something else I wanted to ask you, too. Um, you got any fantasy football tips for the Hackling fandom on our show? Uh, just random fantasy football tips? Yeah, give us some. Oof. Um, have fun with it. <laughs> That's the, always the biggest key. I mean, we do this to have fun. It, it really I, – I always like doing things with family or close friends. We make big events out of it, or we do big – um, like gatherings and stuff. We really joke around even in the, the summertime. It's we see each other 4th of July and we see each other right around draft time, whether it's rookie drafts or whether it's uh, redraft time. So have fun. Um, number two, I think, is just making clear rules. So making sure that everyone's on the same page. I think that's what ends leagues and we don't want to end leagues. And make sure- We've had trouble with that in some of our leagues. <laughs> And, and all of a sudden, Taysom Hill's a tight end. Maybe he's not a tight end. Like, make sure that you have clear-cut rules or a process that you guys can dictate rules and what happens when the certain things like craziness happens. And Taysom Hill, again, is at tight end eligible. And all of a sudden, the half the league goes crazy. And uh, and also just making sure that league members are active. I think trying to figure out things uh, to make sure the league is active is, is an important thing because stagnant means people aren't engaged and it means that the leagues will end up folding usually. It's really funny that you mentioned Taysom Hill, uh, especially to our resident Bears fan, JJ, here, because he would argue that he is actually not a quarterback. Um, and as we see on the Saints roster this year, he is now a tight end. So, JJ, it looks like you have won that argument, at least for now. I won that argument last offseason, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, that argument died a long time ago. Yeah, I in my longest running league, which was like, I don't know, like 20 years. And we had such a heated debate. I thought people were going to go to each other's houses and fight just over one stupid little thing, but Hey, they're passionate. I like. It. All right. Uh, something else I wanted to ask you too. Do you have any bull predictions for 2022 Mark for fantasy football? Bull predictions. Um, right off the bat. I'm trying to think. Um, do, 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 do. I'll come back to that one. I'll think about it while we do our talk here. I'll think of some bold predictions because I haven't really, because I think my, I haven't really done a bold prediction show this off season yet. So I'll have to think about one, a couple while we go through this process here. So all right, I'll let you think about that and chew on that for a second too. Uh, something I wanted to debate about you with just for a second here too. In your last few videos, you brought up Drake London, so. Why don't you enlighten our audience what you think about Drake London really quick? <laughs> I, I feel like I've become the Drake London hater, which <laughs> maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Uh, but simply Drake London's ADP and startup is 45, which is basically middle of the fourth. Yeah, middle of the fourth round. And I think as a, when you have other players around him, like Terry McLaurin, like DJ Moore, I would rather have the player that I know is going to have a minimum of a wide receiver two season, if healthy, and still be super young while being that. I think Drake London has really good, a, a huge upside. But I don't see him in the lights of Jamar Chase. I don't see him even in the lights of Devontae Smith, Justin Jefferson. I see him as a prospect that is going to be at least short-term put in an offense – 
with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, uh, a struggling offense. And I think his rookie year is going to be very disappointing. Not necessarily. You look at Kyle Pitts, he had one touchdown the entire year. So you could say that he might be, Drake London might be really limited on his touchdown upside. I think the Falcons offense is going to be one of the worst offenses in the entire NFL. So, so super shitty. Yes. <laughs> so super crappy. So in short term, you don't want players on that type of team. Long term, though, Drake London does have the ability, if he finds a quarterback, if the Falcons find a quarterback, uh, of potentially utilizing the jump ball ability. Yes, he has four six ish speed. Uh, he does. Uh, he does have some issues with separation. Uh, at least at the USC level. But you look at what he did when Michael Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown were there, and they've been successful NFL players to this day. So he does have the ability. It's My biggest concern is he ends up being into this Jerry Judy land, which Jerry Judy was stuck with a horrible situation, good talent, but yet the alpha was kind of Cortland Sutton, but then they didn't have really anybody else, and they kind of went through the run game. Look at the Falcons offense. They're going to run it through Kyle Pitts. They have Cordell Patterson. And maybe a Tyler Algier ends up becoming a little bit of something between the tackles. Okay. Really is just going to be a bad, bad offense. And so I think Drake London being drafted 45th overall in Dynasty Startups and Superflex is way, way too high. And in rookie drafts, I have him behind Traylon Burks and behind Garrett Wilson. And it's always been like that even before that because I thought that those two players were slightly more talented. And I liked the Traylon Burks ginormous upside, which I think he has bigger upside than even Drake London. And I think Garrett Wilson is a safe prospect. He's a really good route runner, really good separator, which I like at the next level. That's one of my favorite uh, attributes for wide receivers. It's probably why I like receivers like Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson and stuff more than some other people. So. That's my hatred of Drake London. He's still my fifth overall prospect in the rookie drafts. So, I mean, it's not like he's 10 or 8 or something like that. He's fifth. Well, for supposedly hating him, you really put a lot of love into that hate speech that you gave out there. <laughs> um, it, it's funny that you mentioned Traylon Burks there, too, because he's also replacing A.J. Brown, which is his comparable. So let me ask you really quick about Drake London's comparable. In a YouTube short... I brought up the fact that a lot of people are comparing him to Brandon Marshall, but I was listening to another podcast where they were comparing him more to Marcus Colson. Do you like him more in that light as opposed to a Brandon Marshall comparable and potentially with his upside? I think Drake London, I, I kind of compared him to Mike Evans. Like Mike Evans is a little bit faster. Mike Evans does a little bit better. I think a little bit better route running um, a little bit better, even separator. But if you can get Mike Evans light, Mike Evans has been an amazing wide receiver since 2014. If you can get somebody like that, uh, and if he can perform even like 80% of Mike Evans, and I think you're going to win. But yeah. the problem is, is the situation, again, of when are the Falcons going to actually turn that offensive round? And I think Kyle Pitts is the alpha there. You are going to have the big alpha of Kyle Pitts that's going to be the, the, the problem. Because I think he's going to eat up a ton of targets. He's my tight end one in Dynasty. And, man, he's just such a stud. <laughs> I would agree with you there. That's why I drafted him last year. Yeah. So, uh, now that we've gotten that out of the way, would you like to really hear what Garbage Time Fantasy Football is about and listen to the verbal abuse that we're going to take from our number one heckling fan, Christian, in his voicemail? Sure. I, I like heckling fans. Yeah, well, here's a taste of his voice in our drop. You arrogantly said bring it on christian and i'm bringing it all right so let's see what he's got to say to us tonight 
Hey guys, it's your favorite and undisputed number one hacker band here. I have a plethora of topics I gotta hit that again? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Uh-oh. Let's try that again. Sorry, this is normal to have technical difficulties on this show. I'm going to try one more time. That's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm technologically illiterate half the time, so I'm surprised I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> Let's try that again. Oh, oh, look at that. Now it just doesn't want to play. While I'm getting this fixed, Mark, did you think of any uh, bull takes you've got for this season? I'm actually, I was just writing one down. I, I think Cam Akers is not going to be a top 25 running back this next year. <laughs> now, if you think I'm a Drake London hater, the Cam Aker hatred, I think I have. He's like my number one hatred. Um, I just wow. think he's a raw running back that doesn't, is not nearly as talented. And now the Achilles injury is a huge problem. I, look, I saw the playoffs. I understand he's going to have six more months of recovery. But I think Cam Akers is a huge, huge bust. Um, I, I just think they're gonna they're gonna utilize even maybe even Kyron Williams out of the backfield a little bit. They're gonna use other players, and I think you're gonna see just Matthew Stafford doing what he did in Detroit, just opening it up in the passing game, and you're not gonna see a lot of running it between the tackles with Cam Akers. I was trying to think what position I think Debo Samuel is gonna have a really down year after having an incredible year last year. Uh, Debo Samuel was a wide receiver. Two in standard, three in PPR. I don't think they're going to utilize them like they did last year. Trey Lance is going to be a huge effect there. So I could see him easily being out of the top 15 for wide receivers. Um, that's just fancy-wise. I don't know what yards. Um, I'm just trying to go through this real quick. Let's see. He had 1,400 yards receiving. Jeez, he had a lot of receiving yards. <laughs> okay, well, I will put him more into the, like, 900 receive a thousand receiving yards I, th I think that it's gonna be a big drop and you're not gonna have the touchdown uh upside that you had last year with Debo so uh, there's two of them that's a pretty bold take and I think it's a pretty good one all right let's try this voicemail again see if we can get to it hey guys it's your favorite undisputed number one hacker band here I have a plethora of topics to discuss with you guys today from Joe's up in math and grammar to Ron giggling like a schoolgirl at anything Jake Silly said and forgetting to feed the hamster he has powering his internet at home, <laughs> wasting poor Mr. Silly's time. Amateur move, Ron. But today, today I want to enlighten you guys on a concept. And that concept is off-season. See, an off-season is when you take time off. You regroup, you scout, you do your homework. So you don't sound ludicrous in your projections and both takes, Joe. And maybe you come up with slightly better garbage. Perhaps even compost-worthy ideas. At this point, you guys are so sick of your own off-season sewage. And not only are you guys not showing up, you're bringing guests to do your job and to keep you guys interested. And yet, Ryan and JJ have the audacity to call me out and threaten to take my number one heckling fan status away because I don't leave voicemails during my off-season? Maybe if the podcast becomes a compost-rated podcast, I would leave more voicemails. 
However, it's my off season. In the meantime, I'll be enjoying my summer vacation, my off season with my wife, my dog, and on vacation. Dog. Christian out. He's got uh, yeah, yeah, he really does there. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's Alexa's practice. It is. Thanks, Christian, for leaving us literally no fantasy football questions during that, too. So that is yeah, a that was... typical garbage time fantasy football uh, abusive <laughs> voicemail that we get, too. So thank you again for that, Christian. And, uh, Mark, what's your uh, thoughts on that? I mean, it's the offseason. You just let him let him do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have He's definitely doing point. this thing, though. I have my last uh, bold prediction. So Fields. Lance, Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, all in the top 15 finish for fantasy football. Well, shit. You would make two of the podcasters in this room very happy if that was the case. I think it's a, I think it's a good class, and I'm just I, – I, I mean, it's a bold prediction. I think it's, it's going to be tough, but I think it's going to happen. So. All right. When we get to Justin Fields, you'll have to let us know where he falls in that ranking, too. Uh, but are you ready? Are you guys ready to get to the divisional breakdown? Oh, he's all ready. Let's do this. Yeah, and as you can okay. see on the show, too, okay. we have an okay. abnormal amount of drops. Oh, oh, oh. First off. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do we got to say? First off, that, that has to go. because <laughs> That's not going. That's staying. That drop is weird. Second off, it's pretty ironic that Mark here uh, just trashed Cam Akers, and now your your segue is a video of him dancing for divisional breakdown breakdowns. <laughs> and I leave? It, it, yeah, it, it's it's almost like I knew you were going to talk about him. Yeah, why didn't you have uh, Justin Jefferson in the gritty? Hopefully, that's another breakthrough here. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll work on that one too. You know, we're an ever evolving podcast, just like yours. <laughs> all right so first team we're going to talk about is we're going to throw it over to the guest man cave team over there the vikings so we're going to do this in a series of five questions for the vikings so i'm going to give mark the floor and we'll see if jj will try to snap back because i'm sure he'll snap back on some stuff because it's okay. in his nature being a rival of the division team so, Mark, first question we got for you about the Vikings this year in the breakdown is, is Kirk Cousins going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback in 2022? No, I think he'll be what he has been the last few years is a good quarterback, too. You're going to get 14, 15, 16. He's going to be right around where some of those sophomore quarterbacks are probably going to be that maybe Justin Fields with his mobility jumps over him. I mean, you got Derek Carr that's going to be above him, too, and He's going to be stuck into that middle QB2 land. I mean, he's going to support Justin Jefferson, and he's going to support uh, a wide receiver, too. I know that we have that question. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we, he might support Irv Smith a little bit as well, but really he has no mobility. I mean, literally no mobility. So that's going to hamper his upside, and he's going to be stuck in the QB2 land. So it sounds like you more project him to be valuable in Superflex leagues in that kind of position, then? Yeah, uh, honestly, super flex leagues. He's a great quarterback. He's consistent, and he—you he, know what you're going to get from him. He's not going to be QB thirty. He's not going to be QB twenty. He's going to be right into that middle QB two range. In one QB leagues, not valuable at all. <laughs> that's yeah, just no. the way 
Absolutely not. He's a bi-week filler. That's what he is. So You don't think that with Kevin O'Connell that the Vikings may try and throw a little bit more? Or you think it's going to be a pretty consistent a, split? I think it would be a different offense, but I just don't see it. I mean, those offenses take time to develop and stuff as well. Yeah, uh, so yeah it's coming from a Sean McVay offense, but Sean McVay does a lot of like running and play action stuff yeah. as well. So you're going to see a lot of what you saw the last couple of years, just different plays. Maybe a little bit more efficient offense, but the defense is still. I think it'll get a little bit better, but I think it's still poor. So you're gonna have you're gonna put up points, but you're gonna have a lot of touchdowns in the running game too. Yeah, and we'll touch on those topics too when we get to the next few questions. So we're gonna lead off here with the second question now, um, and this will lead to the star of that offense currently. Will Justin Jefferson be the top overall fantasy wide receiver in 2022? I think if you said, "Hey," You have to put your chips onto one player. I would put my odds on Justin Jefferson. Now, it's not by a ton. I think Jamar Chase definitely could be that possibility. Uh, Devontae Adams is a huge wild card. I don't like wide receivers that switch to different teams, but mm-hmm. this is college quarterback. So it's how much of a switch is it? What is the Raiders offense going to look like? It's going to be completely – so he could – Devontae Adams could still retain that maybe wide receiver one type of ability. But if I had to put my money – on a player, it would be Justin Jefferson, who has not done it yet. I mean, he's been wide receiver six and four, so maybe this is the third year he gets that little bit of bump. And I mean, ultimately, everything has fallen in place that he could be, and he could be the wide receiver one overall. But that's just really, really tough to predict. You just never know. It's really interesting that you brought up Devontae Adams in that argument too to potentially be the top wide receiver this year too, because. A lot of people don't perceive this, but Derek Carr actually had 100 more passes than Aaron Rodgers last year, too. And they're talking about other weapons potentially taking volume away from Devontae Adams this year, which I really don't think that's really the case here because all the other weapons in that offense play in the middle of the field and Devontae Adams plays on the outside anyway. You look at their other wide receivers, one that plays in the slot and a tight end that plays in the middle of the field, too. So looking at that potential volume – their new head coach there with the Raiders too. The running game with that offense coming from that Patriot style of offense is passing the ball on the short. And there's no better wide receiver to get you yet and accumulate a lot of catches than Devontae Adams. So people may be undervaluing him here. Uh, So yeah, I I think it's very good to say Justin Jefferson is one to push your chips in on because he's just shown over his first two years. He's been highly consistent. Yeah. And how dare wide receiver one of last year Cooper Cup I mean if he produces 90% of what he did last year he'll be the wide receiver one um I do think there is going to be a step back I I think that offense or defenses are going to have to figure out how to stop him they're going to have to do something maybe they don't end up figuring it out maybe he ends up having another absolutely amazing year Uh, I just think that Justin Jefferson is going to slightly outdo Jamar Chase Devontae Adams and uh yeah Jamar Chase Devontae Adams and uh, Cooper Cup yeah. JJ, you sliding your chips in on Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't see a way that Cup replicates that season. Like, uh, that's a once-in-a-career kind of season. And I think Allen Robinson is going to get a lot of looks from Stafford. It seems like they're clicking at OTA so far. So I, I think Cup will regress. And uh, Mark talked about Debo regressing a little bit. I agree with that. Um, and obviously his friction with the team doesn't help that. So – He's right there with, with Chase and Jefferson, or it's I, th- I think it's Chase and Jefferson over the top. And I agree that Devontae Adams swap, um, 
not having Rodgers is, I mean, Carr is a, a good quarterback that can obviously pump targets into wide receivers and Waller, but um, I just think missing Rodgers, Adams isn't going to have quite the season he did. So, yeah, I uh, I am aligned. I think Jefferson is probably the guy right now. All right, so not a whole lot of parity among the opinions yet for the Vikings, so let's move to the third question. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good so far, I guess. All right, so is Delvin Cook's fantasy value about to fade out due to past injuries, due to him aging, and is this going to lead to more work for Alexander Madison and a rookie they just drafted, Ty Chandler, now that you guys have changed coaches and may look to change schemes? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Delvin Cook. I think he's 26 years old. He, Yes, that is sometimes the area where running backs start to fall off the map. But just the start, I believe. Yeah, just the start. Yep. Like that, he's like right, like you get the peak of the roller coaster. He's starting to go down. And so I I don't see Alexander Madison. I mean, he's going to be gone after this uh, year. Ty Chandler, he's basically, think of Amir Abdullah if you're a Vikings fan or if you're somebody that knows the FC North. He's going to be the guy, or Mike Boone, he's going to be the guy if both guys are hurt or COVID list or whatever it is going to be. Maybe he'll play some special teams. That's all he's going to be. He's. they're not he's not going to be the starter next year Ty Chandler or anything uh he's ain't probably gonna be the backup they're probably gonna draft somebody else they still have Kenny Nagohagtu as well so like really it's gonna be Dalvin Cook Alexander Madison is going to be an RB1 if and only if the game if Dalvin Cook is hurt and he plays that game basically that's what that's what Alexander Madison is known to do he he plays three four games and ends up being RB1 and then he goes and plays the 10, 20% snaps when Dalvin Cook comes back and gets hurt again. So what I'm taking out of that is if they, you know, he separates his shoulder week one, they put him in the sling, he's going to be the number one overall running back on the year. What was that? Oh, Alexander Madison? He'll oh, be- no, no, Dalvin Cook, because, he, you know, he's a beast in the sling. <laughs> he's a beast no matter what. He can have two separated shoulders and he seems to run through people. It doesn't matter. The guy looks like he has a season-ending injury about every other game, and he still keeps – Plugging along and keeps producing our RB1 basically seasons. JJ, you fading on Delvin? No, not at all. Um, I'm excited about Delvin this year with O'Connell coming over from the Rams. Um, you saw what, what him and McVay did with Todd Gurley in the prime Todd Gurley years. Um, he averaged like 62 receptions a year. So I think Delvin could actually get more looks through the air. And uh, I have him – Projected to have a pretty damn good season. So I am not fading him. Um, Madison is probably the most elite handcuff in fantasy as he was last year. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I am not uh, not cooling on the uh, Vikings offense really at all. That's kind of a theme here. Yeah, I thought we were going to have a little bit more parity to start off, but maybe we'll get that when we get to the Packers where you can both shit on them. Uh, next question that we have here, Irv Smith, tight end. Is this going to be his breakout year? I think he's going to have a year where it's going to be a tight end 14, 12, 13. What does not matter? When you get so irrelevant is what you're saying. Yeah. Tight end 6 to 20 is basically all jumbled mess. So is it a breakout? No. Will he be a utilize? Will he be a successful piece of the Vikings offense? Like, will he help the team out? Yes. Will he help you out in fantasy? No. So I have an Irv Smith college helmet that I, I love, but I, w- I wish he was a breakout. I wish I could be like, yes. He's a super young tight end. But no, how many young tight ends do we always talk about that are like, oh, man, he's going to be the breakout. He's going to be the breakout. Yeah. I mean, we hear this every single year. 
And it's usually like the 5% that actually become the breakout tight ends. And I just, I just can't see it. And he's got to show that he can be healthy to even be tight end 12, 13, 14. And that's, and that's pushing it. That's really pushing it. Yeah, I wish I could be on the Jeremy Rucker uh, bandwagon, but we have two tight ends that we took in free agency in front of him. So, yeah, I get the feeling of, you know, really getting elated and excited about a young tight end, but so many of them just don't work out. So it's really good in fantasy football to really play them on a streaming basis if you don't get one of those top three or four guys, really. And that that's really the parody that I played with in the style I like to play in. I Everyone's got different styles. Um, I think JJ's got a similar style, too, but... Yeah, I kind of got the same feeling with Irv Smith this year, too. I, I don't think this is going to be some miraculous breakout for him. You know, he'll be good for your Vikings team. You'll like to see him on the field, but he's not going to really help you in fantasy football. Yeah, he'll have a couple really good games, and you go, oh, my goodness, Irv Smith breakout, and that's when you trade him if you have him. Yeah, all right. Final question here we got for the Vikings. Can we finally fade the ageless wonder that Adam Thielen is because he's a monstrous red zone target in favor of K.J. Osborne? I think only if he is really not recovering from that ankle injury correctly. But from everything that I have listened to and read, I mean, I'm a Vikings fan, so I, I like to love my, my home team first. It seems like Adam Thielen's going to be back. And with Adam Thielen, he can route run. He's a red zone target. He's the number two in that offense. And I, I think he will be the number two in this offense as well this year. And it's not going to be as sexy you're going to have maybe wide receiver 25 or something like that. So it's not going to be great. And I think that's partly why I think Kirk Cousins is not going to be into that QB1 uh, atmosphere. I think it's going to be sprinkled with a lot of different options. You're going to have some KJ Osborne games. You're going to have some Amir Smith-Marset games. You're going to have <laughs> Adam Thielen uh, six for 80 and two touchdown games. You might have one or two of those sprinkled in there. Uh, but then you're going to have Justin Jefferson being the stud taking that huge piece of the pie and so with that being said I just think Adam Thielen is going to be a I mean if you're a contender and you need a wide receiver he is a good one-year rental kind of uh, trying to think of like other one-year rentals that are like that but 30 31 years of age it's like you need a player like that on your dynasty team if you're going for that championship and so he's super cheap right now I've seen him get I guess he got traded in a third round pick and yep. just go in one of my dynasty leagues and i was like what that's it like <laughs> pick i was like i want adam dealing for that like i don't want a third round pick i don't want some crappy third round player of this draft so it sounds like you're really throwing adam Thielen back into the wide receiver two ranking with a little bit of upside and kj osborne is more of a flex this year yeah okay jj you went into the same sentiment too I think Adam Thielen in 2022 is one of the best values at wide receiver. He's going pretty late, and people are attributing it to his age, but he's uh, been Kirk Cousins' guy for a while, and he's the type of player that a new coach is going to lean on to help get the offense installed and help the younger receivers. So I really – and, you know, I, I've read stuff in the NFC North. It sounds like things are going well for him, and he's excited about the new scheme. So um, – if he falls um, where I, I think he's going to fall in most drafts, I will have him on a lot of teams. Um, I, I I have my stats up here. I have him for over a thousand yards and nine receiving Shit. touchdowns this year. So I, I, I like feeling this year. One more year, I think. One more year. JJ, are you sure you're a Bears fan and not a Vikings fan? Yeah. I, 
I am a Bears fan, but I'm also a fantasy football fan. And the Vikings offense has been a lot more relevant for fantasy football than the Bears lately. So, Well, nice to know you'll also be streaming a lot of those players in DraftKings this year. All right, are you ready to move on to the Bears? Let's get it over with. <laughs> All right, let's go through this five-question slugfest. So we are now to Justin Fields. Question I've got for you, and we'll start with JJ since this is his team. Of course. Got to start with JJ. <laughs> is Justin Fields and his rushing ability going to allow him to be a top second-year quarterback this season? So funny that you already mentioned this, Mark. And is that enough to make him relevant in Superflex leagues? I think he's relevant in uh, one-quarterback leagues. And oh. where he's at right now, you can grab one of those top guys and then take a kind of flyer on him later he's still he's like ranked after trevor lawrence on most sites so um i obviously am a believer in fields talent i think he throws a great deep ball he's obviously very mobile everyone knows that viral clip of him versus the 49ers and um i really like who the bears brought in as the oc it's going to run a quarterback friendly scheme so this year i have fields finally breaking the bears curse <laughs> And throwing for 4,000 yards. They've never had a 4,000-yard passer in their the longest tenured franchise in the NFL. I have Fields breaking the curse, throwing for just over 4,000 yards and rushing for just under 600 yards. So right. I have him on that fringe QB1 range, the um, like 10 to 12 range, which Mark. is probably too homerish. But uh, Well, so that means Darnell Mooney is going to have 2,000 yards receiving. <laughs> Excited to hear about Darnell. But anyways, I think Justin Fields, more through the legs than than the air, is where I'm seeing the threat. And so I think Justin Fields, not necessarily fringe one, but I think he's going to take a step forward. I said that he's going to be a top 15 quarterback. Maybe if you count 13, 14-ish being fringe. Uh, he's being drafted right at 14, 15. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good place for him. Uh, I think that other players like Trey Lance being at, 10 you have even trevor lawrence at like 11 or 12 really i think i see the, all those players very similar in my mind i think trevor lawrence is still my wide or my quarterback one of that class but fields has always been my qb2 of that class and i and i see i know that your bold take is having a <laughs> top five quarterback and, and right now we just he hasn't played a game and basically it will be three full years and so that scares the living bejesus out of me so <laughs> i me. Do that as a, a, a sane human being, but maybe some people are, like to be a little bit adrenaline junkies. Uh, that's all right. And so Justin Fields, 13, 14, more through the legs than the air. I can see him. Be, you'll, you'll see him and you go, oh, man, he only had 3,100 yards passing or something like that. And you go, oh, what? But he was QB 14 because he averaged 40 yards on the ground, something like that. Yeah. All right. So well, let me ask I, I, this. Let, let me yeah. ask this. Joe, Joe asked me this the other day. Wh- yeah. How would you rank the talent, I guess, and wh- where you'd rank them in general of the uh, 2021 class of quarterbacks? The, 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 the talent or the fantasy football production? I, I guess the talent. <laughs> talent? As, a, as a dynasty guy, right? Yeah, well, because, yeah, because, like, Mac Jones is talented, but for fantasy football production, he's number five out of the list. Yeah. Because he, he's just not mobile enough versus like uh, Fields and Lance. Uh, talent, pure just talent. If I'm starting an NFL team, one is Trevor Lawrence, uh, two is Fields. I would then switch Lance and Wilson 
Um, but Mac Jones is in there too. <laughs> but one would yeah. one would be Lawrence, two would be Fields, three, gosh, three would probably be Mac Jones, four Wilson, five Lance. He's the least talented, but the most fantasy football production possibility in his legs and his best situation. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. I'm throwing the challenge flag on JJ's 4,000 yards as he also thinks that I'm sure my Trey Lance take may be a little crazy. So we're going to have him the clown take. So, yeah, sorry, JJ. I don't see him throwing 4,000 yards based on the fact that he's only got Darnell Moody and Cole Komet really to throw to. And I'm going to skip over the David Montgomery question. We're going to go right into this since you think that there's other weapons on your team. So let's ask the question about the wide receiver here first. Is Darnell Mooney going to be a valuable fantasy asset just based on the volume this way? And is it going to go his way? Or is he going to absolutely eat the double teams this year? And are any other fantasy relevant wide receivers going to come out of Pringle, Valus Jones, or Equimus St. Brown? You almost throw up when you said those names. Yeah, I, I definitely did. Actually, considering Pringle is probably the most likely number two option on that team, it, it's pretty vomit worthy. All right, so here's my breakdown. So <laughs> let me paint you a picture. <laughs> I guaranteed that Mooney would hit a thousand yards last year, and he did it. He did. He's going to do it again. I have him for 1,200 yards this year. So I agree with that. I don't think they're going to add a veteran. I think they're going to roll with this group. Um, so I have Mooney at 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, I think he is underrated a little bit. His ability after the catch, he's a great separator and route runner. Um, so I think he's more talented than people give him credit for. And him and Fields are very close. So I think there's oh. going to be times where he forces in the ball. Um, they go to breakfast club together, right? I don't know if we're at the Cooper Cup breakfast club <laughs> level yet, but – they, uh, I mean, they go bowling and all this stuff on Instagram. So uh, I think Mooney's going to have a good year. I've heard a lot of comps for Mooney, like in that Gabriel Davis and Rashad Bateman type discussion. I think he can sit at the top of that as long as he stays healthy. Um, I guess I'll let you guys react and give your Darnell Mooney takes before I go into what's underneath Mooney on the Bears. No, I'm very in on Darnell Mooney this year. I think he's just going to get forced the ball this year. He showed in college, and he's also shown in the NFL right now, he's got that speed to separate, and he has great separation among that. And your quarterback, while I don't think he'll throw for 4,000 yards this year, there's absolutely no reason I don't think that Darnell Mooney couldn't have 1,100 yards just based on the sheer amount of volume. Whether your other guys get involved, well, that's a real question. Yeah, yeah, Darnell Mooney, I think I did the video last week, one of my biggest buys of the offseason. And right now you have a guy that finished 23 in PPR last year. His situation, I think, is going to be a little bit more stable, of course, with Justin Fields. I mean, I, 1,055 yards last year, I could easily see 1,200 yards. But I see the DJ Moore type of year where you're going to have 1,200 yards and you're going to have four touchdowns and you're going to yeah. have a guy who is going to be into that 18, 19 range, but you can buy him. I, t I was telling people, I was like, I look at DJ Moore. I look at Terry McLaurin. They're on teams that are not great. Uh, the yeah. Bears team that's still struggling, but you can get Darnell Mooney for so much less. And I saw Darnell Mooney get traded for a second and third combined or two seconds. It's like, 
you can't get DJ Moore for that price. You can't get Terry McLaurin for that price. So get Darnell Mooney, who's going to give you the same production, and you can get him for a lot less. Right, and Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold are throwing him the ball, so that also helps. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I'm obviously in on Mooney, and then underneath – it's the two and three is going to be Bayless Jones and Byron Pringle. Now there is a story out there that Ryan Poles told himself, the GM, that he had Justin Fields over to his house and watched film, and they both liked Bayless Jones, and that's part of why he got picked. I know he's gotten a lot of crap because he's older. I think he's like a twenty-five-year-old rookie, but who's older than Darnell Mooney? Yes, he's older than Darnell Mooney, which is crazy because he's going into year three, but. <laughs> He's fast, he's big, he's strong, and he can run a go route, which ties in the field skill set. So he's going to have some big plays this year, and they're going to move him around a lot. He's a return guy. They're going to give him reverses like Debo Samuel. So I I don't think anyone else – yeah, I I don't think anyone else receiver-wise is going to be fantasy relevant. Um, If you're in Dynasty, I don't mind Jones, even though he's pretty old for a rookie. But – Pringle, I think, is probably going to be a one-hit wonder and be gone after this year. And I have no interest in St. Brown or Pettis or Taja Sharp or the other uh, journeyman that they've signed. So, what's, what's wrong with Tajay? Yeah, I, I don't think he, he – he was not even going to make the team. So That's all right. At least you guys will have a better record than the Bears. Yeah. I, I mean the Giants. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't see a wide receiver, uh, any other wide receiver option being fantasy, dynasty relevant at all. Uh, I, I think they're going to be one of the hottest teams looking at a 2023 wide receiver, and I hope they do for Justin Fields' sake. Because if Darnell Mooney gets hurt, it's going to be a long season for Justin Fields. And I would feel extremely bad for him, and it's in the realm of possibilities that Darnell Mooney gets hurt because he's going to be hyper-targeted. And he's the only one, one of the, basically the only one besides a tight end that we're going to be naming soon that um, is going to be getting any type of <laughs> target share. So, yeah. Well, we're into that rhythm. So let's talk about Cole Komet. Um, is Cole Komet a potential sleeper at tight end? Maybe top eight this year, just based on volume. And, you know, they got to throw it to someone. So I have him kind of in that dead zone. Um <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> like the, the six to twenty range. Oh no, not the the, the, the tight end yeah. twilight zone. But I, I have him at I have him at like sixty five receptions, uh, seven hundred fifty yards, and six touchdowns right in there. Like, I mean, that's a good season for him and a tight end that is going to be a tight end one on the season. So I mean, we we covered it. There's really. A lot of question marks at wide receiver, and uh, Fields is going to try and rely on Komet. And obviously, finally, Jimmy Graham, who shouldn't have been there in the first place, is gone. So uh, it's his time to shine. So They sent Grandpa Graham to the senior hall and pulled Bayless Jones out of the he's, senior home. <laughs> he's off flying airplanes like he likes to do. <laughs> All right, next player that we're going to talk about here is David Montgomery. All right, so – do you believe, JJ, that David Montgomery is being undervalued as fourth and fifth round ADP currently? And do you think he can perform better than people in that area, such as Cordell Patterson, or even someone that's going a little bit early, like a Saquon Barkley? Um, I always say that he's undervalued just because, <laughs> again, volume. They're going to run the ball. 
It's uh, Luke Getze is a new OC coming over from Green Bay. And you think about what the Packers do. It's running with two backs, ball control, uh, eating clock. They're going to try and do that. And I think Montgomery fits that scheme pretty well. So uh, he's definitely going to get the opportunity. And the coaches have already been seeing his praising. They're kind of tying into what Matt Eberflus wants to do, play good defense and run the ball. I imagine that a Bears team having a good defense and running the football. But – Go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, so I, I have him having a pretty good year. Um, I have his fantasy points just uh, under Dalvin Cook, but right around where I have DeAndre Swift. So I think he is a RB1, like 8 to 10 range is where I have him right now just because I think no wide receivers. He's, I mean, he's going to get targets. He's going to be a big part of the offense. I like where your thoughts are going with that. Um I like him in that late third round range currently. And David Montgomery is really underappreciated because if we go back to fantasy football two years ago, there was a stretch during the fantasy playoffs where if you had him on your roster, there was a good chance you were in your championship round. That's how well he performed two years ago too. Um, Next question I had for you, JJ, here is, do you think Khalil Herbert could potentially get involved in that backfield and at least take a little bit of his volume away? I want to hear Mark what Mark has to say on David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about number four in 2020, uh, six in standard. He had 1,100, over 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns last year in 13 games. He's a wide, he's a running back that's just been undervalued. And I think the biggest issue with David Montgomery is not the 2022 season. It's dynasty as a whole. I mean, in redraft, I think you're talking about a guy that is a high-end RB2. But where does he go after his rookie contract ends? Like, what happens to David Montgomery? Where does he go? What kind of situation is he going to be a part of? Does he get re-signed? We know how running backs really are great on that rookie contract, but then they start getting into this second contract, and if you're not elite, then you start to really struggle or start to really decline quickly. He's already 25 years of age. So 2022 season, I love David Montgomery. But 2023 and beyond, there's this huge unknown, and I think that's the biggest thing that scares us, or scares me at least, and I think that's why his ADP is lower. But if you're a contending team, he's a buy. If he, if you're a rebuilding team, this is one of the running backs that I want to sell. But I'm not selling now. I'm selling after he starts the season because I know that once you see the production, it always gets these fantasy players, these dynasty owners go, hey, I need that running back that's going to start off hot. Or, man, they look at it, he's getting – 70% of the snaps he's getting all this work like I want that and so that's when I'm selling David Montgomery I, I almost don't think you have to really sell him after this year because if he ended up on a roster say like Tennessee should Derrick Henry start fading after this year where he could get passing work and potentially be the replacement I think that's a good landing spot for him and I think there's a few other spots around the league where he could get potential he's still fairly young too um, I think he's someone that you can hold after this year as opposed to trading him and getting the value now for him, but I, I, there's a lot of good options for him there. I don't think it's going to hurt to hold him and you could get some decent value for him if you wanted to trade him. And as JJ said, if you're looking to win this year, you're going to get a good running back at a good value this year. I think there's value here in dynasty in many different formats for David Montgomery. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I think he's probably, if he stays healthy, he's going to, I think he, will probably be back because the Bears will be number one in cap space next year and they can tag him on a one-year deal and play it conservative and not commit to him long-term. But he does have a lot of miles on him, and the way he runs, he's not going to last very long. So I agree. He could be a good sell in Dynasty. Um, 
So especially with the 2023 class, if it wasn't the 2023 class coming up, I think that's where a rebuilding team, you're yeah, not, yeah. you don't like him being 26 on a potentially new team or even on a bears team. I just, I, I feel like if you're a rebuilding team sell early in the season, uh, but if you're a contending team, this is a great player that's going to have 12 months of amazing value. And then potentially maybe he goes to a Tennessee or maybe he goes to somewhere that's good. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he ends up going into a crap situation. You never know. Um, and yeah, that value decreases quite a bit, but you are buying at a discount right now instead of a, a premium. So you're able to to do that or, or hold on to him if you are a contender. Yeah, if you're yeah, rebuilding, like get that number one 2023 pick and get Bijan Robinson at all costs. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's a gold bar right there. So is uh so JJ, is the backup behind him valuable this year? Khalil Herbert? Um, I think he'll be in the mix. Like the Packers like to use two running backs. I think he'll get five to the seven Bears. carries a game and run a few routes a game, but um really I'm. Uh, I don't see him having fantasy relevant uh, outside of being a handcuff for Montgomery. I don't think he's going to get enough volume to where uh, you're going to be able to play him by himself if Montgomery's active. So um, for me, he's just a handcuff to Montgomery. Obviously, one of the better handcuffs. You saw what he did last year when he filled in. He did a great job. So just a handcuff. Khalil, All right, Leo Herbert is a Alexander Madison. Just think of that. That's yeah. what he yeah. is. play. Yeah. Yeah. End of the roster handcuff. Yep. Okay. All right, you guys ready to move on to the mutual hate of the Packers? Yes, low pack ball. All right, let's do it. All right, so first question is specifically, I'll send this one to Mark. Oh. So is missing Devontae Adams going to hurt Aaron Rodgers' fantasy value this year, or is he going to do what he seemed to have done in the past and elevate the players around him? Well, I think the biggest thing compared to previous years, he's always had the up-and-coming wide receiver. I mean, it just seems like it, it went from, like, you have a 1A to a 1B. The 1A goes away, and the 1B turns into 1A. Christian Watson is now a new player on the roster. They don't have – I mean, they have Ellen Lazard, but is Ellen Lazard the 1B? I mean, that turns into that 1A. I don't see it. I do think – I mean, you look at a guy who is number six overall in fantasy finish uh, last year. I do think he takes a step back. I think this is I – mean, you're talking about a guy who's 38 years old. Will he be a QB1? I think he'll be right on that fringe borderline just because it's Aaron Rodgers and he's – he will, if he's playing, uh, he will be a top 12 quarterback. I mean, you see that every single year that basically he plays and it stays healthy. But this is going to be a really, really tough battle with the limited options that he really has. This is the worst wide receiver core that I can remember that he's ever had in his entire career. So this is going to be a very interesting year for Aaron Rodgers. But he will succeed uh, because it's Aaron Rodgers. All right, JJ, tell us how Aaron Rodgers is going to suck ass this year. <laughs> well, I try and say that every year, and then I eat my words and wind up with freezing cold takes. <laughs> so uh, I agree, though. You think about Rodgers, like – Look at Devontae Adams' stats in the beginning of his career. It was not a good start. It takes him a while to build that trust with his receivers. And really the the longest tenured guy, obviously, is Cobb, but he's definitely lost a step, you can tell. And Lazard um, is a logical choice to lead in receiving for them, but he's, he's not even at OTAs right now. They're in a contract dispute. So uh, <laughs> I agree. I, I really Wonderful. can't put my finger on – who it's going to be. I obviously loved Christian Watson 
in the draft and wanted the Bears to get him, and then the damn Vikings let the Packers trade up and take him. <laughs> I'm on that. So <laughs> that upset me. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think it's kind of like Kansas City with, with Mahomes. I think he's just going to have to spread the ball around more, but he'll make it work as Rodgers. I like the uh, upside of Aaron Jones receiving this year. So he'll figure it out like he always does. You guys have bled into the next two questions I had. Which of one was which wide receiver will emerge as the number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers? So we'll answer this one really quick. If you two had to guess who's going to be the number one, and will that person have fantasy value? JJ, you can lead off. <laughs> so I have Lazard leading them in receiving yards um, with 1,006 receiving yards, just eclipsing it. Um, with eight touchdowns, I think, like I said, he's, he's kind of been the most consistent piece of the offense over the last few years. So I think by default, the first looks will go to him at least to start the year. So I have Lazard as uh, probably a wide receiver three, but uh, so I guess he would be relevant. You don't I like mean, Sammy Watkins? No, no, not the Lizard King. Uh, but- I have, I have Lazard at eight touchdowns last year. I think he's going to be the red zone threat. He, Aaron Rodgers goes to who he trusts. And I think red zone-wise, Alan Lazard, I could see having a, a year where it's like like that 900 yards with like 10, 11 touchdowns. And Adam Thielen year of previous times. But then the yards are going to go to Christian Watson. And he may not have all the touchdowns, but he's going to have a lot of yards. So it's going to be kind of a tomato-tomato. You're going to have one guy that's going to have the touchdowns, one's going to have more yards. They're going to end up both being wide receiver threes. And that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that production go to the running back position. We'll get to that shortly. So um, a question that I did have on this list, too. Is it fair to say we can fade the tight end position for the Green Bay Packers, considering Robert Tunyon's coming off an injury? Yeah, I thought Tanyan was the biggest bust. Or I thought he was going to be the biggest bust, just because if you looked at his target share and catches, he was like 95% uh, catch rate. And, he just, and all these touchdowns, it, it wasn't going to continue that way. Aaron Rodgers has shown the hatred towards the tight end position like I have to Cam Akers. And so you just have to fade that position. Yeah, JJ? Yeah, I'm not interested in Tunyon, really. Um, I mean, I I think he'll be a red zone target, but I don't think – I mean, Rodgers never really uses the tight ends. And like Mark was saying, the the efficiency from two years ago was just stupid and made no sense. (laughs) So – yeah, I won't be drafting Robert Tunyon in any leagues. Well, it's nice to know that you think of him along the lines of, you know, probably like an Evan Ingram, the concrete hand man himself. But, uh, yeah, Chris Herndon. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the last question for the Packers here. And uh, this is a point that I brought up in a few episodes now. And I think it's an interesting question for fantasy football. Do you guys think that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones can both be top 24 running backs in 2022? based on A.J. Dillon potentially getting red zone opportunities and Aaron Jones making up for that newfound passing framework that's going to come from Devontae Adams leaving that team. So essentially getting a bigger slice of the pie now that he's not on there and getting those targets. Well, I mean, they both did last year. So if they both did last year, why – what in this – the situation's gotten better. I mean, you can uh, – there's no argument against that. And so if they both did it last year, you're going to see uh, A.J. Dillon used it, I think, even more through the running game. You're going to see Aaron Jones use more through the receiving game. I mean, 
Aaron Jones was 13 in standard, 10 in PPR. You have A.J. Dillon, 21 in standard, 23 in PPR. They're both going to be top 24 backs. I think this is a pretty easy one, and I think we're all probably going to agree on that one. It's What's just the ceiling of it, then? What was that? What's the ceiling of it, then? I, I think, man, I, I hate having Aaron Jones being a 27-year-old running back that's going to be number 10 overall, but I think he's going to be into that. Like, if I had to choose one running back – that is going to finish Aaron Jones or David Montgomery, it would be David Montgomery by a hair. But, I mean, so we have – I just wanted to see JJ's face. He didn't. His eyes just lit up. <laughs> I just, I'm just laughing because I'm looking at my sheet and I have Montgomery projected in PPR for 290 fantasy points and Jones for 288. So, <laughs> right, so Boom. Right there. <laughs> So just right into that category. And then, of course, A.J. Dillon, I think he's going to move up. He's going to be 18, 17, somewhere around there. So he's going to move up six, seven spots, be more, a little bit more consistent, a little bit more valuable for uh, fantasy football, um, especially in this 2022 season. So, And that's a man that's never missed leg day. J.J., what do you think of these two running Ooh. backs? Yeah, I, I agree. I think both wind up in the top 24. Uh, we just spent a while talking about how their receiving options are limited and the worst for Rogers career. So they're going to rely on those guys like they have the past couple of years and probably even more. So definitely see Aaron Jones is an RB one and Dylan is an RB two. All right. We went, we ready to move on to that uh, straggling little brother at the bottom of the Detroit lions. We have another team in the division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. All right. Yeah, let's get this out of the way, guys. All right, so first question going to Mark. Is Jared Goff someone that we can stream in an underrated Lions offense, potentially a good quarterback, too, in Superflex leads? No. <laughs> JJ. collaboration on that, but no. <laughs> what do you think, JJ? Uh, yeah, I won't be drafting Jared Goff. Um, I, I think he's going to do, it's a lion. So he's going to do just enough to get him like five wins and out of the top picks where they can get one of the best quarterbacks in the class. And then they'll continue to be futile. So, but yeah, I, I don't want golf. Sounds like they're going to be doing a lot of supermans with uh motor city, Dan Campbell out there with a lot of losses. <laughs> All right. Second question. What'd you say, Mark? I said probably. All right, second question we have for the Lions, which is a little bit more of an interesting topic with them. Um, I surmise this to the second half of the season because we really don't know what's going to go on with his injury. But after the second half of the season, who will emerge as the wide receiver one for Detroit? Is it going to be Amon Ron St. Brown or Jamison Williams? And is that breakout for Amon Ron St. Brown going to continue? Well, I, at the end of the year, the very, very end, because I do think Jamison Williams is going to miss a decent part of 2022. Jamison Williams, if you told me 2023, it's going to be Jamison Williams. I think he is the easy, clear-cut alpha of this offense, or will be at least the passing between him and Amon Ross St. Brown. But I think Amon Ross St. Brown will be decent until Jamison Williams is actually on to the field. But I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to take a dip down because you have TJ Hawkinson, you have DeAndre Swift that are at least healthy right now. And until those two players are hurt, until those pieces of the pie disappear, I think Amon Ross St. Brown, who surprisingly ended up as wide receiver 23 slash 20, 20, or 21, depending on what uh, scoring you're in, 
I mean, you could have that be his final, what he does in 2022. It's just going to be more front-loaded. And I think you're going to see him do what he did, basically basically did last year, but dwindle off instead of be on fire towards the end. It's going to be just a flip-flop year, basically. Just That's what I feel like is going to happen with that receiving core. Note to self, trade Amon Ross A. Brown in my Dynasty League, league before week eight. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, what's your thoughts on these wide receivers? Yeah. Um, I agree. He had 90 catches for almost a thousand yards last year. So I, I don't think he's going to hit that number. Obviously they drafted Jameson Williams and I agree, Mark, that he's probably going to start in the pup list and slowly integrate himself into the offense. Um, and then they have Josh Reynolds, who's Jared Goff's boy from out the Rams, who he, he showed interest in. And then they signed DJ Chark in free agency. So there's in Hawkinson and Swift, there's a lot of mouths to feed. So yeah, I don't think he can sustain the volume he did at the end of last year. So I, I have him regressing by, I think, 100, 100 yards. Um, so I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not bought in on St. Brown. I think he's being drafted a little too high right now. And also, the Lions are going to be on hard knocks. And usually <laughs> those players, fans get attached to them, and then they overdraft them. So I think he could go up even higher. So I, I'm very happy to hear I'm going to be able to trade him then. <laughs> Well, and look at that. Well, I, it might be a good time to trade him now because look at the players around his area. You have Amari Cooper in ADP, you have Rashad Bateman, you have Darnell Mooney, and we have like Christian Watson, and we have Cortland Sutton. I would rather have all those players over <laughs> St. Brown personally than Amon Ross St. Brown. I would, I mean, and this might be the point to actually trade him if he's that valued that high in ADP. Yeah, and I really agree to the sentiment that you guys are talking about, Jameson Williams, here too. I don't think his speed is talked about enough, and it's not based on his combine speed. When you watch him on tape, he's got just speed where he separates so much farther away from the players around him, and that didn't really come out until his senior year because he didn't really have that opportunity when he was at Ohio State. So when he got to Alabama, you truly saw that speed when he was playing against elite defensive defensive players in that division. It, it, he just has that upside that just elates you to take him regardless of that injury that he had even in rookie dynasty drafts, like he just looks like he's part of the solution there in Detroit. We'll see. We will see. If he's a great player, he'll inevitably retire early. Because... <laughs> yeah, by age 26. Oh, yes. yeah. All right, we'll get into DeAndre Swift now. Um, so we'll start with JJ on this one. Do you think DeAndre Swift, and based on your answer, I think I know this now, is a potential top five finisher in fantasy football? And is Jamal Williams worth handcuffing at the back of your roster if you take him? Top five running back or top five overall? Running back. He definitely has a potential. Um, he came into OTAs heavier. It looks like he's put on a little bit of muscle, so I think – the Lions are relying on him to stay healthy this year. He missed some games um, being banged up. So, I, I mean, I, they're going to give him the ball. That's Dan Campbell's an old school guy. He wants to run the ball and play defense. So he's going to get his touches. And obviously, Goff loves his checkdowns and uh, throwing to the slot. So I, I think Swift has between 60 and 70 receptions. So I definitely see it in the realm of possibilities. He's being drafted right around there, that area. So. Um, I like Swift this year. I, I actually traded for him in Dynasty this offseason, so I like his talent. I think he's going to be okay. <clears throat> What's your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, I mean, 
he's somebody that right now ADP dynasty number he's the fifth overall running back. I think that there's going to be, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Najee Harris, you, CMC if healthy. Uh, you have Austin Eckler if he continues his tear, and then you have like Dalvin Cook and Mixon. So maybe top five is hard to push. I see him more in that like seven ish range. Uh, but the biggest concern, DeAndre Swift hasn't done it in a full season. I love DeAndre Swift. I've been trading for DeAndre Swift. <laughs> is some concern that a he's a Detroit running back I love his talent he's he's extremely talented especially with that dead leg man that dude is awesome but anyways uh the, there's a chance that he just kind of gets stuck into this RB2 mode that he's been the last since since his rookie year and I hope that doesn't happen I I love his talent I see the Camara type because he's a, a great like running back great wide receiver out of the backfield can catch 60 70 passes there is just the concern of Detroit is a dumpster fire <laughs> and that will bring his value down or they just don't, or they'll just not utilize him the way like he ran so well. Uh, well, I am pull up the game that he ran last year. What the heck was it? Timeout just for one second. He ran 33 carries for 130 yards and 14 carries. Then they went back to 14 carries. It's like, <laughs> let guy run the dang ball. It just frustrates the crap out of me. And then of course he got hurt after that, but it was beside the point. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately in Detroit, the players that feel like they could be gold just have this fool's gold feeling to them simply because they're in Detroit. Um, so hopefully pretty soon they'll get out of that, but it just kind of doesn't feel like they will at any other point. <laughs> All right, so last question that I've got for the Detroit Lions tonight is about TJ Hawkinson. Is he being overvalued at the tight end position? Or does he actually have that top three tight end potential that a lot of people are talking about with him? You can start, JJ. I never wind up with Hawkinson on my team. Um, I think he gets taken a little too early sometimes. And we talked about all the targets in Detroit and Goff is his quarterback. Last year, obviously, he got hurt and was banged up. Always on the injury report. But, I mean, he's going to be a tight end one, in my opinion. He's too talented not to. But um, I think his ADP was like 60 when I looked on, on Fantasy Pros earlier. That's too, yeah, that's too rich for me. So I, I probably won't have many shares of him. But uh, obviously very, very talented player, just stuck in Detroit. So Yeah, I mean, I look at Pitts, Andrews, Kittle. Like those three are concrete, one, two, and three. You have Kelsey, four. I mean, Kelsey is going to get a ton of targets. He doesn't seem to ever – seem like he's aging at all. But then we get into this kind of phase of Waller, Schultz, Hawkinson, and Goddard, and I would ha- rather have Hawkinson easily over those other uh, those other tight end options. And so really, he kind of sits by himself before what we call the dead zone. Um, <laughs> the twilight zone. Uh, but last year, they were dragging him closer and closer to the hole. And so <laughs> this year, where does he escape? And does he get out of the? Does he get, go to freedom, or does he get dragged in the the dead zone? And so he's a Detroit player, so likely I am just going to have him in fantasy and just be disappointed. He's going to get dragged into the dead zone, but I, I have hope. I have hope and prayer that uh, T.J. Hawkinson actually uh, goes into that sphere where at least he gets away. He's that clear cut. So you hear that right now, Hackling fandom? Mark says that T.J. Hawkinson is a mild fade of the tight end position. <laughs> All right, last question before uh, I promote Mark's show a little bit more. Guys, 
who's going to win the division and where the other three teams going to end up in the standings. Uh, Packers are going to win the division. I'm going to no. throw my mouth. Uh, Vikings will be two, Bears will be three, and Lions will be four. It's kind of what it's been like for a while. Sometimes they'll switch Vikings and Bears, but I think the Vikings will hold on to their number two spot. I think the Packers come down. They're not going to be as elite. I think they're, they're going to slightly go over the Vikings. And I think that the Bears are going to be a, a nine and eight team. And, and wh- whether that makes playoffs, um, we'll, we'll come to see and see how bad the NFC like East is and stuff. Um, <laughs> but and then Detroit's going to have their five, six wins and they're going to celebrate all over the streets. All right, JJ. I actually have the Vikings winning the division. Uh, I just think they have more firepower on offense at this point. Um, and they've kind of risen to the, I mean, those Vikings Packers games have been pretty competitive the last couple of years. So I think even if they split and then obviously the NFC North playing the AFC or, uh, yeah, the AFC East and the NFC East. So, um, pretty easy schedule. I, I think, uh, the Vikings edge it out by a game over the Packers and the bears finish three, somewhere between seven and nine wins and Detroit finishes with five wins. So, Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions, same as last year. Yeah, so, Mark, on this podcast, we have uh, something. Yeah, no, that means standings, I guess. It's over an hour. I'm I'm lost. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, On this show, we have something called Apology Bets, and I have a bet going on with another host, Ron, who's a Giants fan, that the Bears are going to have a better record than the Giants. And then the winner gets to write a shitty apology that the loser's got to actually talk out on the show. The Bears? No, he's a Giants fan, and JJ's being the Bears. But he, Joe made the bet on yeah. behalf of the Bears. Yeah, I took it on behalf of the Bears. Okay, yeah. I like the Bears over the Giants. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, Heckling fan, to make sure to go over to Mark's channel, Dynasty Football Dad, and like and subscribe the shit out of his channel. Thank you. Mark, you got any good projects coming up in the next few weeks for your channel? <sighs> We're going to be doing a bunch of different uh, – drafting basically startup drafting stuff i mean now that's what a lot of people are getting into we'll talk we'll sprinkle in some rookie stuff uh, i like to this is the time where i like to dive into analytics stuff to to figure out how i can get myself some edges over my competition so i am a big math person research person kind of a geek in that well now my cat's destroying stuff <laughs> I, I also have two cats yeah. uh, yeah, I, I like to do analytics and research and stuff. I think that's um, an important aspect to the game. And I'm always trying to figure out how can I get myself that extra 5%, 10% winning advantage um, going into the season. So that that's what I guess my channel is mostly about. And sometimes you'll actually get to see my 14-month-old son, which I started this channel before he was even born. Uh, sometimes he'll take out the camera or I guess apparently my cats will destroy stuff in the background. Maybe they're not Vikings fans. I don't know. You never know what you're going to get, going to get. So, yeah. And Mark, we just want to thank you for joining us tonight too. It was a pleasure to have you come back any freaking time you want. Uh, this episode was awesome. Um, we're going to be keeping up on your channel too and following what you do too. Um, I'm sure you'll get some smart ass comments from the, in the bottom of your show too. And guys, if you need to know where his show is, go right down in our subscription. We have it linked in the description for this show. And if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, make sure to like and subscribe. And if you're shy and you need to listen to us in audio format, 
You can listen to us in TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple, now Pandora. You can also see us at www.garbagetimeff.com where you can leave us voicemails and hate mails like Christian did today, which had absolutely nothing with Garbage Time Fantasy Football or Fantasy in general. And, guys, with that, I think we're ready to get out of here. So, again, Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, and one more thing, too. If you want to message us, I'm long getting this out, too. Uh, and don't want to leave a voicemail, you can see you can leave us a message at Garbage Time Fantasy Football or on Twitter, which JJ controls at Garbage Time underscore FF. Awesome. And with that, guys, have an absolutely fantastic night. And Mark, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have a great night, guys. You too. All right, peace out.